Hello and good evening. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello there, everybody. It's Holly Kingmand back after my little fortnight away um, with the Late Show. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about mental health and about how outside agencies are reaching into the classroom to help out us teachers. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Right, so um, hello everybody. Welcome to my show this evening. Um, I've got some really, really wonderful guests to to talk to. Um, I'm going to be talking to Connor Warren, who is the founder of Spark UK, and also to Dr Joe Watkins, who is the director of The How People. And they're two organisations that um, are doing work with young people and um, are now beginning to reach into the classroom to try and support young people with their um, with their mental health and their well-being and their mental well-being. Um, so, as you may remember from two weeks ago, I was talking about fourth generation teachers and um, about how people got into teaching. And I really wanted to make uh, this show, The Late Show, um, on alternate Thursdays, very much a show of um, human interest stories. We can do CPD all day long, but when it gets to 8pm at night, um, maybe it, it's a nice um, a relaxing step back from the um, intricacies of teaching and learning and just to enjoy some nice stories that are connected to teaching. But on Sunday, World Mental Health Day, I was reminded on my Facebook memories of a post that I shared on World Mental Health Day last year. And um, it's a post that went viral. And um, I thought I can't really do a show a few days after World Mental Health Day without revisiting some of those topics. Um, and so that's why instead of having those lovely, warm, cosy human interest stories, uh, which you'll get again in two weeks time, um, I am going to talk today about mental health. But I don't want to um, focus too heavily on all of the extra things that us teachers need to be worried about in the classroom, um, but talk maybe more about how um, other people are trying to help us and how it doesn't all always fall on our shoulders. Um, but before we go on to talk to my lovely guests, I am going to read my post out to you. Uh, so uh, I said it went viral. It did go viral. So it has had, I've just written these um, statistics down because I was quite astounded by them, if I'm completely honest with you. I didn't quite expect this kind of um, reach and engagement. So the post has had 7.7 thousand likes. Whoa. 
Uh, it has had 1.4 thousand comments and 18 thousand shares, and the reach is uh, over 2.6 million. So this really has gone viral. And when I first shared it, um, it's about teachers' mental health and how um, you know burnout and teacher stress and teacher workload is such a real, real issue for 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 all teachers and certainly in in every school there is there is bound to be somebody who is really struggling with this um and after i shared it i had countless um emails and and messages from teachers mostly in the uk but in fact all over the world thanking me for raising awareness but also telling me their stories and it was quite upsetting um and it made me really wish i could do more but you know, I I don't know what I could do. Maybe if you have any suggestions, you can um, contact me through the Podbean uh, app so you can put comments in the chat. I can see that some of you are here already. Lovely. Um, and also uh, you can contact me on chat on to chat on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is at Holly underscore W underscore English. <laughs> had to think then oh no it's not actually it's english underscore w underscore holly that's right yeah it's english with holly <laughs> so i shared this post on my english with holly page uh which does have quite a following anyway so um i think there are around 41 42,000 likes on the page almost 50,000 followers and it was and it's many of those that have shared it so that it has had the reach that it has uh so i'm going to stop waffling now and actually read it out so it's World Mental Health Day, and I can't let it pass without talking about teacher workload and teachers' mental health. It's a topic that I feel strongly about and personally connected to. In 2016, just weeks after this smiling smart photo was taken, uh, there was a photo attached to it, um, and after years of high-functioning anxiety, I experienced teacher burnout and panic attacks. My brain and body physically stopped working, and I can honestly say it was the most unexpected frightening and difficult period of my career. It changed the way I look at and after my mental health. But this post isn't about me, it's about all teachers. Here are some statistics you may not be aware of. One in five teachers experience panic attacks. Primary school teachers' suicide risk is 42% higher than the general population. 75% of teachers in the UK report symptoms of stress, including depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. And that's against 62% of the general UK working population as a whole. 47% said their personal relationships suffered as a result of their job. 56% suffered from insomnia and other sleeping difficulties. 80% of classroom teachers have considered leaving their job because of workload. And 40,000 teachers left their profession in 2016, and that figure increases every year. So why is teaching so stressful? It's playing with kids all day, right? Glorified childcare for the little ones and supervising worksheets for the older ones. Goodness me, no. Teachers are given just 10% of their teaching time to plan, prepare and mark work. For a one hour lesson, you're paid six minutes to plan it. 
and that includes researching it, structuring your teaching in line with the needs of 30 individual learners, preparing it, so that's designing, printing, trimming, organising, differentiating your resources, creating a PowerPoint, and mark the 30 pieces of work that arise from it. Maybe it's a GCSE class and they've written three sides each. That's 90 sides. 90 sides. Just six minutes for all of that and finish the rest during lunch breaks, long into the night and all weekend. Honestly, it's unbelievable. Ask yourself if you've ever had to deliver a presentation for work. Maybe it was 20 minutes long. If you were a teacher, you'd you'd have been allocated just two minutes to do all and any work connected with it. Add to this an unbelievable level of expectations and accountability. If little Bobby doesn't make three levels of progress this year, then responsibility lies squarely at your feet. All your fault. Nothing to do with lack of funding for support or resources. Nothing to do with cultural factors. Nothing to do with previous teaching, progress, poor school leadership child's drive and ambition, personal factors, including bereavement, mental health, physical health. Progress is 100% the responsibility of the teacher, or so it seems. There's a lot resting on your shoulders. And at night in bed, and I feel jittery just thinking about how much heart I invested into my first GCSE class. Still sound manageable? Let's add intense scrutiny into the mix. Leadership teams that frequently enter, observe and evaluate your ability. Being qualified and or experienced isn't enough. Parents who know better. Performance management. All of that can prevent you from obtaining a well-deserved pay rise if you cannot prove you deserve it. Micromanagement. And then there's parents' evenings, after-school clubs, school trips, and there are an unbelievable amount of paperwork. School plays, fates, staff training, teaching fads, important safeguarding changes, training, open days, results days, and I needn't go on. It's the toughest gig I've been privileged enough to do. It nearly killed me, but I wouldn't do anything else. I left school classroom teaching in 2019, and I now teach from home to my own rules and timeframes. I'm incredibly lucky, and as a result, so are my precious children and husband. The next time you see your child's teacher looking frazzled or looking totally together, smart and smiling, as I am in this picture, please let them know you understand what they do and you value them. They may well be sneaking off to the toilet at lunch to mask a panic attack or sobbing to their partner and not really knowing why. They might be giving up their whole weekend to prepare plans and resources and will be missing out on the family time they so desperately, desperately need. That was me. If you have a friend or family member who is a teacher, check in on them frequently. Ask them when their workload pinch points are. And don't be afraid to seek help if you think they need it. The Education Support Partnership, now called Education Support, is brilliant. Let's look after our wonderful teachers. We'd be lost without them. If you've got this far, thank you and please share. And um, I did put on the bottom of this post the... Um, the sources of the statistics, which were, um, if you're interested, the Office of National Statistics, Suicide by Occupation in England, 2011 to 2015, uh, the NEU Workload Survey from 2017, and uh, Education Support Partnerships 2017 Health Survey. So there you have it. That's the post that went just a little bit crazy. And as I said, um, I put that post together on when uh, World Mental Health Day last year. 
um, shared it on my Facebook page that, as I said, does have quite a lot of followers. And mostly um, at that time they were parents, but now there's a steady following of, of teachers on there as well. And it lots of people contacted me about it and it, it made me realise that it's a huge, huge issue. So as I said, although I wanted to stick with the human interest stories, I thought it was important today to talk about mental health because how could I miss an opportunity to share that this post had touched so many thousands of people? Um, but I didn't want to talk about teachers' mental health today, even though that that post was about um, a little bit about my experience and an experience that lots of teachers have been through and are going through. I want to talk a little bit about children and young people and uh, the youth within our classrooms. And I thought, yes. It is constantly another thing being added to the list for classroom teachers that they're responsible for. They're responsible now to provide support um, and help for the children in their classroom that might be um, experiencing difficulties with their mental health or their mental well-being. But that's not entirely the case anymore. There are lots of organisations out there that... Um, are offering support, are doing what they can to signpost teachers and young people to where they can get further help, um, running events, all sorts of things, courses. Uh, you know, I, I googled this and there were there were options left, right and centre, which was a really, really positive thing. And I was really delighted to see that for you all because I'm not a classroom teacher anymore, but I know so many of you are. Um, so um, I'm going to go to some adverts. And then after the adverts, I'm going to be talking to Connor Warren from Spark UK. And he's going to tell us all about Spark UK and what they're doing. And also they've got this crazy advent calendar thing going on. And I think there's lots of teachers out there that will be very interested to hear what Spark Teens and Spark UK are doing and what all of this advent calendar malarkey is all about. So speak to you very soon, Connor. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, 
challenge and empower your team through the MALCPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All MALCPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Okay, lovely. Right, welcome back to The Late Show with me, Holly Kingman, live from the uh, very glamorous Leighton Buzzard. This evening I'm talking about um, mental health, but how organisations and um, charities are reaching into the classroom to try and help our young people. And it's not just us that are having to carry the weight of that very, very important job. So the first person that I'm going to be speaking to this evening is Connor Warren from Spark. Hey, hello, hello. Connor. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Maybe somebody yes. else who's on the Podbean app can tell us in the chat whether they've whether they can hear us. I'm sure yes, they can. I can hear I'm you. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Don't worry. There we go. I think we can all hear you fine. There we go. That might be better. So, um, oh, we are having a couple of technical problems. Oh no! There we go. We've just we've got you loud and clear. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Connor, thank you so much for agreeing to speak to me this evening. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, hearing all about what it is that that Spark UK do. So why don't you start off by telling um, everybody who Spark UK are and, and what you do? Absolutely. So we are a group of teenagers. There's currently four of us. We're all ranging between uh, uh, Joseph, who's our youngest at 14, and then we got Bryden and Tegan, who are 16. And we basically create resources for schools on mental health. We're working on... So yeah, we've got resources, social media campaigns. We've got an incredible advent calendar coming up in December. We basically do a lot of mental health work within schools and trying to get the support in schools to help students. That sounds awesome, Connor. Yeah. And are you a student as well, or is this is this your full time job, or how does this fit in with your life? Yes, I'm a student. I'm currently fifteen, so in year eleven going into GCSEs this year. So it's all just about managing time and we all do it outside of school. So it's balancing it all. But yeah. Well, I bet your teachers are really proud of you for, yeah. for taking this on and yeah. and doing such a great job of it as well. I've been sort of following Spark UK for, for a while now and it's um, it really is quite incredible what four young people can do and, and have achieved so far. Did I see rightly the other day that you were in The Guardian? Yes, we have been, this week has been absolutely manic. We've been in The Guardian, we've been on uh, BBC News Online, I was on BBC Radio Devon yesterday. It's been a crazy week. And now, and now teachers talk radio. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've been uh, promoting what we're doing and promoting the Advent Calendar, which we announced on Sunday on World Mental Health Day. So, yeah. Excellent. So a busy time for you all. So um, what made you create Spark UK? 
And um, did you have any first-hand experiences that there were, weren't enough resources or, or your own struggles that led you to create Spark UK? Yeah, so it was all, we started uh, this thing at our school called Mental Health Ambassadors, which ha- it started when I was in year seven, so about four years ago. And we had some basic training and stuff. And we decided, oh, let's do this within school. Let's carry on. And since then, we did uh, delivered lessons in our school. We did assemblies at schools across the county. We did teacher conferences. And that was sort of the starting point. And then stuff happened within school. And we then decided, as a group of us, now that we're starting to leave school, we decided that we wanted to start it up on our own and do it as an outside of school thing. And then last December, that's what I started. So we've been going wow. here almost. What an exciting year it must have, have been for you. Yes, it's been a crazy year. Starting <laughs> in January, we did the uh, started the emails for the advent calendar, starting emailing celebrities. And since then, we've just been going up and up and up. <laughs> Wow. So I will ask you about the the advent calendar um, in a bit. But um, I mean, what struggles do you think teens are facing in the classroom? And, and why do you think that might be? Uh, especially with like COVID and with everything, there's a lot of uncertainty with like GCSEs, with exams, with just all sorts. No, there's, you can't plan anything. There's nothing. There's so much extra stress on teenagers. Mm. And we realised that actually also the teachers are having lots of extra stress with obviously more marking, having to do loads more in school as they can't leave stuff at home. So we decided that actually we want to make it as easy as possible for teachers to deliver lessons by creating resources from a teenage perspective. Excellent. So uh, your your teachers must absolutely love you guys if you're creating yeah. the, the resources for them. So yeah. are these resources available? I mean, do you, have you trialled them in your in your own school or in other schools in Devon? And are they available to anyone? Or yeah, so all our resources are available on our website. We every half term we have basically put a big pack up of we've got lessons. We've got our half termly newsletter for students, which is basically something that we put together every half term, talking about topics, talking about different things from student perspectives. It's all sorts of things. So, so yeah. what sort of topics are covered in these resources? So we've had, uh, with our lessons, so we've currently at the minute got one up about gratitude. So we've got lessons for both primary and secondary schools, all about gratitude. And we've also got stuff going up about the power of our minds. We've got emotions. We are creating one all about self-care acts. So six quick self-care acts that you can do to improve your mental health and to give you a positive mindset each day. Oh, fantastic. And, and what's, what sort of volume of downloads? Do you, do you know how many, how many of, of them are, are being used? Are, are they very popular or do you not so, have access to how many downloads you've had? So we currently have got over 50 schools signed up for resources now so on our website schools can obviously sign up for stuff and then they'll get updated every time you put a load of new resources on when the newsletter when the newsletter comes out and everything so we've got as of today i think we've had about 50 to 60 schools sign up 
all ranging from uh, we've got some in London, Bristol, Leicestershire, all across the UK. Oh wow, that's so, yeah. um, that's. I, I thought it might be sort of predominantly Devon, but it looks like you really uh, are spreading right yeah. across the. You're taking over, Connor. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've had about two hundred people in the last. 48 hours sign up for our email newsletter just people interested in what we're doing and then about yeah 50 to 60 schools sign up for our schools newsletter and all of our resources are free to use we got um we've got an assembly coming up in the next few weeks that we pre-recorded a few weeks ago so it's the four of us sat in this big posh house <laughs> house so that's 15 minute video that people can play at school and it means the teachers can just sit back and do some marking while people watch it. Lovely. You're, you're pleasing everybody there, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, we're trying to make stuff as easy as possible for teachers so that there's no excuses for not being able to offer them. Um, and I, I really like that approach that you've taken there, Connor, because, um, I mean, you, you may have heard at the start of the show this evening, I was um, reading out a post that I shared last year about um, teachers' workload and, and the effect that has on teachers' mental health. And that's what prompted me to pick the topic for the show this evening. Yeah. And, you know, teachers take so much of the weight on their shoulders um, yeah. because they care, but also because it's their job to um, help support young people's mental health. So, you know, we're whilst we're trying to help the children in our classroom, we're also uh, finding it difficult ourselves. So it's really wonderful that not only are you trying to provide resources um, for young people, but also that you're making it as easy as possible for, for teachers to make it as accessible for, for them and, and I suppose give them a breather too. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of things we do as well is everything we do is free. That's one of our big things is that because so many resources, they're amazing, but you've got to pay for them. Mm. And not all schools have the budget for that. So we're trying to make it as widely available so anybody can use it. That's wonderful. And then it means that absolutely anyone can access it. It's not yes. it's not limited to just, you know, because, you know, good mental health and good resources for for good mental health everybody deserves access to that yeah yeah lovely um so I, I mean I was going to ask you um I didn't put this on one of the down as one of the questions I was going to ask you but uh, whether you've had any training to um to help you uh, prepare these resources but you've told me obviously you've been a mental health yeah. ambassador at your school since you were in year seven so you've probably had um, more experience than most but do yeah. you get to go on any fun courses or have your own school teachers helped you with um, how to plan resources or you know what how, how have you got to where you are putting these things together so uh, we're currently obviously with COVID and stuff we haven't had the funding at the minute but we are now booking in so much training for us all we've had uh, currently we've had suicide prevention training We've had all sorts from local charities and local people. But currently, all the work that we do gets submitted to a load of professionals in mental health professionals, teaching professionals, all to get them vetted and triple checked before we send them out to schools. OK, so they are you're you're ensuring the, the quality yeah. and that they're, they're tip yes. top. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sounds awesome. Um, okay, so um, why don't you now tell us about the virtual advent calendar? Because like yes. this sounds so exciting. Yes, so we've got our digital advent calendar coming out in December 2021 this year. We've so every day we sort of took the idea of a normal digital, a normal advent calendar where there'll be a door every day that you can open in class. It'll be a digital website. And every day we've got celebrities talking about mental health. So we've got people like Emma Thompson, Bradley Walsh, Stephen Fry, Steve Backshall. We've got so many incredible celebrities. Connor, that is quite a list. That is yes. that is a star-spangled uh, list of people that you've got talking about mental health yes. in your advent calendar. How did you get in? How how did you manage to get these people to to come and be part of your your digital it, advent calendar? It was a lot of emails to agents and managers <laughs> trying to just hope for the best. I think altogether I sent about a thousand emails. It was oh online. wow. 10 out of 10 for effort yes but we managed we've got some incredible people we've got basil brush telling (laughs) a story we yeah we've got some amazing people oh that sounds absolutely fantastic and i can see in the um in my digital studio here that people are saying that this sounds absolutely fab um, and they're really interested in this this digital yeah. advent calendar. Um, so if you are out there and you're listening and you um, and you think this is a fantastic thing and you're really interested, then you can uh, you can chat with me or, or give me any questions for Connor in the uh, digital studio. Um, on the Podbean app, or you can um, tweet me or use the hashtag um, TT Radio, and um, I will certainly ask Connor your your questions. But um, Connor, back to your virtual advent calendar. Then, so um, so how does this virtual advent calendar work? So it will be a it's a website that you can on the first sort of a few days before the first of December. Everybody that's signed up for it, it's a free thing that we've got a load of fundraising materials for. So if your school wants to do some fundraising, because we're doing it in aid of young minds. Okay. So, oh, you're also using it as an opportunity to try and um, yeah. do, gosh, you just, you just, you deserve a big gold star, Connor, but oh. sorry, go on, carry on. <laughs> yeah. So we've got, uh, we're currently designing uh, resources for a non-uniform day. Uh, bake sale we've got uh, working on assembly for people and then it will be an aid of young minds so it's for free but you can donate and every day the door will open and you can press on the number like an advent calendar okay. and open the video and then that video will be every day we've got two videos edited into one so one's a celebrity talking about mental health and the second one will be like a song or a dance. We've got magicians, we've got comedians, we've got all sorts. And then, yeah, we've also got people reading stories. We've got uh, a few more songs and all sorts. So, so is it aimed at secondary age or primary or are you running different things for different age groups? How does that work? So the main calendar is mainly aimed at secondary schools because obviously a lot of it's talking about like mental health and everything but there is also going to be we're calling it the extras page which will be more focused to primary school ages we've got yeah we've got stories 
we'll put upload songs up there. We've got a video from Santa talking, telling us a Christmas story. <laughs> uh, we've got some, inc- yeah, we've got loads all going on. Wow. It's, how do you find the time for this, Connor? I know you said that you're doing it outside of your studies, but yes. are you are you worried about your, your own GCSEs or, or does doing something like this keep you motivated? Yeah, it keeps me motivated. It's very, a lot of time management and all four of us work incredibly hard and we all know each other what we're all good at so we can all help each other and uh, yeah oh so that that's key isn't it good teamwork so okay so do you um sort of take the cut each other a bit of slack if someone's got a deadline will someone else take over and do some bits for them how do how do you all help each other it's all so we've all sort of got different areas that we are working on so we've got bridie who's now head of content who does all our social media does designing for all of our lessons she works she's a great designer so all our lessons are designed by bridey we've got okay. Tia, who's doing all of our communication stuff so she's talking to people and sorting everything out and we've got joseph who's a great writer and he does all our blog posts he writes our newsletter so we all sort of help each other out and we just are so organized it sounds like you're you're I can't believe that there's just four of you do you have a really good team of um sort of teachers or mentors around you I mean do you what do you have I I know you're you're four very capable young people but do you have some adults involved as well yeah one of our main things is that all the ideas and all the execution and stuff comes from us but we've got an incredible team of we've got mental health professionals we've got um We've got designers, we've got loads of people that when we need that extra support, they can come in and help us. We've got people working on lessons for us to then add our twist on and design and everything. So we've got some amazing people we work with. Excellent. So you're getting the support you need as well. You're not. Yeah, good. That's that's good to hear. (laughs) Even last 48 hours, we've had some people email us after The Guardian went out. We've had so many people message us saying they'd love to help. So, yeah. That's wonderful. And I, and I think, uh, you know, things like this, Connor, that you've worked so hard on for, for almost a year. And in fact, like you say, you started out as a mental health ambassador when you were in year yeah. seven. So this has been going on for yeah. a long time. It's been building yes. up to this. But sometimes you just need that one like break don't you like yeah. having that article in the guardian yeah. to really reach a whole new audience and i and i'm absolutely not surprised that people have been contacting you um wanting to to help and offer support um yeah. it's you know it, it's really incredible what you're doing and um yeah i mean i i want to help as well so i will i will certainly be in touch yeah. <laughs> after the radio show we'll get this sorted yeah um but i i i just also wanted to ask you about what impact you think the calendar might might have I mean, what do you hope I mean it sounds like a great idea and it's yeah. you know all these celebrities are involved and you've got lots of people providing content for it but once the doors close of the advent calendar yeah. and and Christmas passes and the January blues uh, creep in you know what sort of impact do you think the advent calendar might have and um will it provide long-lasting support to young people in the classroom yeah so we're hoping that obviously a lot of the celebrities are talking about sort of tips of the day to help you with your mental health 
So we got people talking about sleep. We got people talking about. Uh, we got Steve Batchel. He went on about going, uh, keeping outside and everything. So we hope that people will. There'll be somebody for everybody on the advent calendar that people look up to. So we hope that people will see students will see somebody they like mm. and they listen to the advice from somebody they look up to and that it sort of sticks with them. But then also afterwards, we'll still have all our resources carrying on. We'll have everything up there. So there will always still be that, all the resources that people can use. And all the videos will also still be up on YouTube and on all sorts so people can always see it. Okay, so do you have a you have a YouTube channel as well? Yeah, so we're hoping to get once they're sort of up on the calendar, we'll mm-hmm. then hopefully put some of the highlight ones on YouTube. But that's all just to be finalised at the minute. I, I I bet you're you're working hard and fast to get this all. Um, yes, I, I feel bad taking your time actually, Connor, yeah, this evening. Yeah. I think you you probably have a million things to do. Um, so. I always ask before I bid my wonderful guests farewell, um, who who was your favourite teacher at school Ooh. and um, and why? So maybe you could just give us a little shout to your favourite teacher and tell us why you think they were, they or they are such a brilliant teacher. Yes. Um, probably at the person that helped the most and has helped with all this has been one of our youth workers that sadly moved away last year Claire and she sort of helped us helped give us the idea of doing it all so she sort of took over mental health ambassadors sort of a a year or so in and she's she gave us some of the ideas with like the advent calendar and all that it was something that we originally did in school just with a load of cat videos to make people smile. <laughs> and that was sort of her idea that we've now turned into the celebrity advent calendar. And we still keep in regular contact with her and she's just been there to help us. That's so lovely. So she she's your um your favourite teacher, your yeah. favourite mentor. Yeah. Wonderful. Um well, lots of people are asking, uh can you give the link to your website or the address of your, or the address of your website or where they can find out about signing up for your mental health advent calendar? Absolutely. Yeah, so our, our website's uh, sparkuk.co.uk. And if you sign up to our email newsletter or if you're a teacher, you can sign up to the school area. And then as soon as the advent calendar launches, you'll be emailed about it. And you'll have all the resources and everything you need to then help in school or out of school watching it. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. That's that's absolutely fantastic. And I'm, I'm just going to remind everybody, and particularly those that might have joined the show a little bit late, that um, Connor and his friends are all, and his team, are all still at school. Um, they are young people making a huge difference for children in the classroom. Um, providing free resources for schools and creating a celebrity um, digital advent calendar that you can use in your classroom. It would be great, I think, for like PSHE lessons and, and form time and and um, assemblies. So uh, like Connor said, their addresses, um, let me see how 
well I've remembered this, sparkuk.co.uk? Yep. Excellent. Right. Okay. Um, Connor, it really has been so nice to speak to you. As I, I know, we've sort of been sharing each other's posts on social media for a while now, um, but it's been lovely to actually have a good chat with you about this. Yeah, and nice um, yeah, I, it's been such a pleasure. Um, let's see. People are clapping. People are clapping in the digital uh, chat in the digital studio, Connor. So <laughs> well done to you. Uh, right. OK, I'm going to go to the news. And then after the news, I'm going to be talking to Dr. Joe Watkins about the how people. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Tom Hopkins Burke. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio news with Tom Hopkins-Burke. A coalition of 118 members of Parliament and Lords has urged Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi to reverse the government's decision to scrap most BTECs. The group sent a letter to Zahawi to support the Protect Student Choice campaign, asking the government to rethink plans outlined in its Level 3 Qualifications Review. The Department for Education has argued that the over 12,000 Level 3 and below courses offers a confusing landscape to young people as it introduces a twin-track system of A-levels and T-levels from 2023. The DfE has also admitted that defunding these qualifications would hit students from disadvantaged backgrounds the hardest. Children's Commissioner Dame Rachel D'Souza has told the House of Lords that last week's universal credit cut should be reversed to cut child poverty. D'Souza told the Lords that the £20 per week universal credit uplift should be reinstated for families receiving the child component of the benefit. The Commissioner also recommended an auto-enrolment system for free school meals and for children from families with no recourse to public funds to be allowed free school meals on a permanent basis. The Children's Commissioner's Office has revealed that around 70% of vulnerable children are in receipt of free school meals and that well over 4 million UK children live in poverty. A Lincoln Primary School has warned parents against letting their children watch the hit Netflix show Squid Game. Squid Game, which has an age rating of 15, sees hundreds of contestants take part in children's games for a cash prize, but with a literally deadly twist. Sir Francis Hill Community Primary School told parents that some pupils were re-enacting scenes from the show during playtime. The school has called for parents to put parental locks on devices to ban access to shows of this nature for their children. That was your latest Teachers Talk Radio news with Tom Hopkins Burke. Okay, lovely. Right, welcome back from the news. You're listening to The Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio with me, Holly King-Mand, and I'm live from lovely Leighton Buzzard. I've been talking to uh, Connor Warren from Spark UK, a wonderful mental health um, charity and organisation that are providing free resources for teachers. Uh, to use in the classroom and he was telling me about his fabulous digital advent calendar with lots of celebrities that have agreed to take part and record daily messages for your students and it's something that you can use in the classroom so I will tweet about that after the show this evening and um, I will be sharing all about that on my social media because I think Connor is just and his friends are just utterly inspirational but 
Now, moving on, we are going to go and talk now to uh, Dr. Joe Watkins from, um, oh, let me unmute you, from The How People. Hello, Joe. Hi, Holly. This is very exciting. It is, isn't it? And I, uh, we can hear you loud and clear, which is great. I was worried we we're going to have more technical problems. I was all on the edge of my seat there, but you sound lovely and clear. Fantastic. Um, I should apologise, first of all, because I said that I would speak to you first and then I would speak to Connor afterwards. And um, I just sent you the other way round. So I hope that you've got time to talk to us and you don't have to dash off anywhere. No, it's absolutely fine. I'm actually sitting here with Polly, my uh, co-founder, and we have just come off another call. So we're all here, we're here and ready Lovely. to chat. Oh, I'm so glad that you have Polly there as well. I wasn't sure if you were, were going to both be able to make it, but that's that's brilliant. Hello, Polly. Hiya. Hello. Oh, gosh, that's loud and clear as well. If you have really <laughs> good that, technology. Maybe we're too loud. Is that what you're saying? No, it's just lovely and clear. I'm used to sort of jumbling by with my out-of-date equipment, so it's nice to <laughs> you sound really clear and, and crisp Great. and lovely. Um, so why don't we start by uh, you just telling everybody about who the house people are and what it is that you've done up until this point and what you're going to be uh, doing upcoming. Sure well uh, my name is Joe Watkins and Polly Polly Crook and together we started something called the How People about two and a half years ago. Now How stands for happiness, opportunities and well-being and for several reasons we decided to bring something a little bit different to the girls in our area who were moving up from primary to secondary school, that sort of difficult 11, 12 mm. age. Um, and we really started off with local events. We started off with um, an after school club. Um, we were wanting to focus on building confidence and building self-esteem by doing lots of different things outside of the classroom. So we did a six week course locally. We then organized a talks night involving four role models that came along to tell their story. Um, and that was the way that we were going. And we were looking to grow that business um, outside of our local area. Once we'd set ourselves up, um, we wanted to do all sorts of different things. Um, what then happened was with COVID came a complete change of tack. Um, and we have now got a digital version of what we started, which I can only really best describe as a digital youth club, really, for teenage girls, which is what we've been doing over lockdown. We've just done it tonight. We've just had a great session, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and... We do that every Thursday. It's for 11 to 16 year old girls. And that's where we have been up until the summer. Um, now, what we found in the summer was that we were approached by several schools who were wanting our help with their year six girls uh, with several issues that had come up in the classroom. Uh, friendship, social media, things like that. And we were actually contacted by several schools who wanted our help. So we went in and we came up with a couple of workshops that we delivered into schools. And we were about to go into our local school in person and deliver a session when we realised actually the, 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 the brilliant thing about one of the, one of the very few brilliant things about this pandemic has been that we've realised how much 
we can do digitally and how many more people we can help. So we realised that instead of going to stand in the classroom over the, over the wall and speak to 30 kids, we could actually do it online and have much more of an impact. Um, so we did one class the first week. We then ended up going into 80 classrooms the following week. Oh, and then goodness, the third, blimey. Yeah, That's a quick jump from one about, class. Yeah, we had about 200 classrooms on there for the third week. Um, and it was just amazing. And it really made us realise how much of a need there is for a different voice um, within schools. And I think it was really interesting listening to your post, Holly, because... You know, obviously this time has been so stressful for everybody, but I think teachers have really, really had a very difficult situation facing them at school. And I think when it came to the end of the summer, they suddenly were in a position with, especially these year six kids moving up to senior school where they hadn't had some of the input that they would have had otherwise. And I think people were really desperate to hear from other voices. So we knew that there was something that we could do to help. And we've basically put together over the summer a programme to go into year six classrooms um, on a more regular basis over the academic year um, to be able to help, to be able to take the pressure off, to be able to deliver things in a very different way that aren't on the curriculum and that aren't necessarily easy to cover. Like you say, in that six minutes of preparation time, it's pretty hard to pull together sessions. Absolutely. So we're going in to try and help that for year sixes and continue with our work for teenage girls. So that's a very long answer. But that's <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, a great, that's a great summary of, uh, of what it is that that the how people are, are doing um so it it really sounds like you um understand and appreciate the um the stresses that are put upon teachers and then now having to add into the mix all of these concerns that we have and responsibilities that we have for our um for our our students and the lack of time that we have to be able to provide all of the help that we so desperately want to. I mean, we all know that there's huge waiting lists for for CAMs and, and you know, for, for mental health um, input and support from uh, the NHS. So it's, I think there's a, a feeling of panic in the air sometimes that so much help is needed and we have so little time and so few resources to mm. be able to to help those that we need that we, that we need to most yeah. um so i mean uh, when you've been speaking to schools um, I, I mean you mentioned that um you were contacted originally because they were having the i mean the other teachers that are listening to this will say yes the age-old um problems that we have with sort of year six is friendship issues and social media um but you know were there any other concerns or struggles that they were facing and, and was it across, you know, did, did they feel like it had increased much since before the pandemic? I mean, what, what were you hearing from the schools that made you really feel like you needed to go and put this together for them? I think it, for me, it's been multifactorial. It's been hearing from the schools. It's been having my own children of that age. So I've got a 14 year old and a 12 year old and two younger children, but watching the, the 14-year-old and the 12-year-old navigate this change, um, plus my work as a GP. And that's, you know, my work as a GP and my 
my friendships with lots of other people who are working in general practice, there has there is a massive concern about the increase in anxiety and stress and and issues with with mild to moderate issues with mental health that have been exacerbated by this pandemic. There was there was a problem before, um, a problem in, with increased anxiety. Girls particularly of this age dropping in self-esteem and self-confidence. We were seeing that as a problem anyway, but now the pandemic has just heightened all of that. And we have, like you say, we have very, very few resources and nowhere to turn. Um, and I'm a massive advocate of of prevention rather than cure and of nipping things in the bud and helping Absolutely. early yeah. on. And I think that's what we're missing. And and as GPs and as teachers, I'm sure there are situations where we're feeling quite desperate that we can't do anything to help. So there were all of these things at play. Um, and I think, you know, teenagers, there are normal hormonal changes going on. We all know that. We all know that it's a period of change and a, and a period of, of, of growth. And that's fine. But no, never before has a generation been as affected by technology and social media as this current generation. The pressure on them um there's there's no escape there's no downtime you know we used to get on the school bus and go home and home was a place of sanctuary where you were away from any and it's not just bullying and cyber bullying it's just that constant connection and communication you know we mm. we, we used to sort of fight for the landline didn't we especially I, I mean polly and i were definitely definitely ones that wanted to sit on the phone to our mates after school but that was me too yeah I'm sure but I think you know we would there was not that there was just not that connectivity and it's really really hard and I think parents are busier a lot of parents have been working through this pandemic trying to juggle um you know we're all trying to do our best but I think our young people need other things and actually as a as, again as a doctor it's not about medication it's not necessarily about therapy it's about support it's about understanding it's about talking it's about offering offering advice but just offering a shoulder you know and, and like I say a different voice and what, one thing we get feedback from all the time is that we're not parents and we're not teachers and we're not trying to tell anybody what to do um, we're just trying to encourage, this is within our membership, we're trying to encourage these girls to realise how amazing they are and, and you know, that they have this huge potential and they need to try and build their self-confidence and their self-esteem by doing things like making sure they're getting plenty of exercise, by helping other people, by, um, you know, putting their phones down, not taking them to bed at night, getting a good night's sleep, you know, these basics that... Yeah, and, and are they listening? Do you know what they are? Look, we just had a call. We just had a call now, literally, and one of them was saying that her win. We, you know, we go through what was your win in the last week, and one of them said that she helped one of the year sevens who looked a bit lost at school, and um, she said, "Oh, she didn't ask me for help, but she, you know, she looked like she needed help, and so I helped her." And she was. She was really pleased that she'd done that. Now, I don't know whether she would have done that a couple of weeks ago, but we talked about um, doing, you know, acts of kindness and helping other people um, and how much that can actually help your own self-esteem as well. So I don't, I mean, I think they do. And the parents tell us that they do. And the parents, I think, like the fact that somebody else is giving the similar messages. Because at the end of the day, 
you know, so we can only, we try our best as parents and we try our best as teachers. Um, so there were lots of things at play that made us realize that this was needed, but also we became aware that because of a lot of the social media channels are for 13 plus, there's a limited amount of information that's actually allowed to be given at primary school. And I think now so many of the year sixes and even year fives and apparently even year fours now have got Goodness. access to social media and phones. Oh, they're so aware. They're so, yeah. they, they participate in in social media and it's it's it certainly is a worry and like going back to what you were saying about you and Polly you know waiting for the the phone so that you could call your friends after school and and that disconnect time I mean I remember seeing uh you talking on an Instagram live recently with um I think it was Nadine Well Palmer the uh, children's author and um she was talking about that disconnect where um you know, when she was um, a child, she would go home and do puzzles and, you know, listen to music. Whereas the young people that we're worrying about, you know, these year fives, year sixes, year sevens, they're not able to disconnect from this digital world. You know, even if their phone has been taken away from them, it's still there, isn't it, in the background? Yeah, absolutely. And they don't, they don't really know any different. You know, that's what we forget is that even the 19-year-olds um, remember life before phones and they don't have quite the same um, issues with them. And we all know as, 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 par as busy parents, as teachers, as people running businesses or charities, you know, a lot, of, a lot of your work is done on the move. And a lot of, you know, I spend a lot of time answering Instagram messages in between emptying the dishwasher and filling the washing <laughs> machine. You know, that's the reality. And, but, you know, Polly and I often worry that we are not, um, you know, we need to be very aware of our own phone use. So we now have, you know, we have a charging station at home. Nobody has their phones upstairs. You know, I try and compartmentalize as much as possible what I'm doing because I think they do, you know, they do learn from, from us. Um, but I think it's not about taking it away. You know, the... the the internet is a phenomenal thing. I mean, the mm -hmm. fact that you can get any information, the fact that you can research, you can connect with others who have got similar interests to you. I mean, it's just incredible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I've connected with you recently and, and speaking to Connor earlier on in the show as well, and, and social yeah. media has provided all of that to yeah. us and, and, and yeah. much more beyond as well. Yeah, um, but we have the skills to be able to work out and the maturity to be able to work out what is right what is wrong you know mm -hmm. what what is what is it the right sort of language to be using and the right sort of connections to make and that's you know it's hard as an adult but it's we we can control it whereas actually for younger people it's just it's a bit of a minefield and actually it's about getting those habits in place so we talk to them about you know, looking at their news feeds and about following hashtags and about looking at your timing and, you know, making sure that you're reaching out and phoning somebody that you actually really care about. And, you know, I often say to say to them, just remember that whatever picture you put, whatever you're wearing, whatever pose you're making, like imagine standing up and doing that in front of all of those actual real people that are following you, um, because actually that's what you're doing. So I just think that there, there are certain messages that it's important to put the sort of building blocks 
into sure and, and good habits as you say yeah. you know if they it is a wonderful thing they are going to use it I agree with you I don't think necessarily taking it away is you know solves any problems or anxieties that are created from young people's social media usage mm. um, but you know and, and modeling good you know internet practice as well and I know it's not quite the same thing as you know Joe. I've got tiny tiny children so they're not really using the internet although Willow who's almost four certainly likes some of the games on the iPad that require the internet um, but I have a um, a lot of my my work is through social media and I was using my phone quite a lot and um I thought I'm just sitting here on my phone all the time and, and you know I'm checking messages on my phone I'm responding to things and I was even using Canva on my phone to you know create you know marketing materials and um, I've actually got a separate iPad for work now so mm. I try not to I don't have my work email on my my phone and I try to keep them separate so that even for Willow and Peony and, and Eliza when she's a bit older my phone isn't work but when I've got the iPad that's work so that I can at least show them that I'm managing my time and my access you know on the internet what it is that I'm doing because we do need to take a step away from it and, and manage that time in a in a healthy way um yes. so I mean how much of of that is worked into the the courses that you're doing in schools in the classroom well we're actually we're going in we're quite excited actually because tomorrow morning polly's now doing slides as we speak isn't she she's this doing... is probably the quietest i've ever yeah been. i know she doesn't <laughs> she's not normally this quiet <laughs> joe can't normally get a word in actually <laughs> i love that me. you're multitasking you're like yeah. you're doing a radio show but also preparing some slides yeah. for a workshop yeah, absolutely yeah well she's um so she's preparing her handouts for tomorrow but we've got our first session tomorrow um, in schools up and down the country, we're talking about change and worry tomorrow. But we we talk about all sorts of things. Like the, we're talking about self confidence, body confidence. We talk about some basics like sleep and nutrition, healthy friendships, connecting with other others, conflict, all sorts of stuff over the course of the year. And then at the end of the year six, we then start talking about things like smartphone habits and social media and. Um, diversity and boundaries and that sort of thing so it sort of it grows with them through through the course of year six um now obviously we had a few people in the chat have talked about not letting their kids on social media and we know that not everybody has social media at the same point and not everybody will have the same apps and actually what you know we are never going to be ahead of teenagers and kids when it comes to social media and apps so whatever you think you've got your head around they will have moved on to the next thing and I think as a parent of a 14 year old and a 12 year old I would say don't even try and don't even try and keep up but just show show an interest in what they're doing and in their world and sit down with them from time to time and you know just be interested um at their, you know, whenever they want to talk about it, not on your agenda. It's always got to be on their agenda, which is often at ten o'clock at night, just when you're absolutely exhausted. And let them let them tell you and show you. I think when it becomes 
something that they're kind of hiding from you almost because they don't they know that you're going to be mad because you're you know they're on some sort of app again then we it just becomes realize, a massive big deal we realize that that is actually a really hard thing to do as well yeah and and that's my six-year-old trying to teach me minecraft which i have absolutely no interest in whatsoever <laughs> but it's it's you know it's growing those understandings of what will come in those teenage years and it's it's showing that interest even though it's the last thing you're yeah. you want to I do think- I think that's the same for teachers in the classroom as well, actually, because there's always that moment when you're just about to rush off to do break duty or, you know, you've got a solid minute and a half to go and collect your printing from the Reaper graphics room. Um, and, you know, you've got children in your form that want to tell you about something they've been watching or they probably shouldn't have been watching or um, an app that they've been using. And I, I, I think, you, as you say, we can learn so much from them and, and being um, open to listening to what they're doing and, and, and how they're experiencing it is, is so important for us to sort of keep up with them, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think just... you just have to give it a couple of minutes don't you and I think you just have to give them that time and then and then they will feel feel heard but yeah it's really really difficult I really feel I think parents and teachers at the moment are having a, a pretty difficult time and I think Connor you know Connor's point about uncertainty I think that's the big thing you know as as humans we're not we're not good with uncertainty we're not good with you know, relentless, endless decision-making. I mean, who would have thought it would be so hard to work out whether or not you're going to be able to go and see your grandparents who live Mm. 30 miles away for Sunday lunch? You know, the whole thing is just a massive ordeal constantly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And that's that's exhausting. I talked about in one of our posts recently about that whole decision fatigue, and it does feel like that. It feels like every single minute of the day you're, you're, you're weighing something up to decide whether or not um, you're going to do something or go somewhere. Um, and we're all feeling it. And I think the teens, you know, that this this last month has been back to it with a vengeance that I, that I was really quite surprised about. You know, all the clubs have restarted, you know, all the activities, all the after-school stuff, the exams, you know, suddenly everybody's really worried about what's going to happen. And, you know, I think everybody's a bit on edge. Um, mm, and there's so much uncertainty, um, you know, at the... the- top end of secondary school as well with you know what are exams going to look like and how do we prepare for them and and for me as an English specialist I know that you know what texts are we going to teach what are we going to scrap how are we going to manage it will there be those last minute changes probably um and you know Connor mentioned as well that all of these anxieties and that uncertainty that he was talking about teachers are feeling all of that uncertainty too and yeah. for lots of children the teachers are that that sort of stable force for them that know all the answers and can tell them what to do and when to do it and how to do it and actually teachers we're not we're uncertain at the moment too um so I think that it might also be having an impact on young people that they're seeing that their teachers actually can't answer all of the questions for them and provide that you know really clear stability about you know how their learning will be will look in the future yeah and par- and the parents aren't able to offer that stability either are they i mean normally you'd go 
you know, your parents would be able to give you a good solid answer as to whether something was going to happen or not. We're supposed to be going away for a weekend tomorrow with a lot of a few families that we haven't done that since the pandemic started. And, and we're not even sure whether we're going to be able to go, which is tomorrow, whereas normally I'd be sort of packed and ready by the back door and they'd all know exactly what was happening tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, we're all we're all living with it which is not easy. Mm. Um, look, I would love to hear a bit more about um, that specifically what is included in the course. Um, so would you be happy to stay on for a little bit? I'm just going to play the adverts again. And, and when I come back, if you'd be happy to tell us about you know, what's included sure. in the course that you're running. Absolutely fine, Holly. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. Okay, brilliant. So um, over to the adverts and we'll, we'll speak to you again in a moment. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Deanna Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Lovely. Welcome back from the adverts. You're listening to The Late Show with Holly Kingmand, live from, I'm going to come up with a different adjective every time, with the incredible, from the incredible Leighton Buzzard. And um, I'm talking to Joe and Polly from The How People um, about their, um, would you call it a wellbeing course? Yeah, we've, um, it's called The Know How. Uh, that's the programme. Um, how and how stands for happiness opportunities and well-being so we've called it a program it's got three modules and the first module kicks off tomorrow okay so you were going to uh, tell us a bit more about um sort of how it's structured what's included i mean do you get the kids involved in anything or are you talking at them how does it work so we've got three modules um, running over the course of the year, one during each term. So this this first module is around health and well-being. What we're doing is we're delivering five weeks of lessons live into the classroom at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday morning for five Fridays. We've got a break for half term. We then 
um, we will be delivering, so Polly and I, with Emma Clift, who is a year seven tutor and a PSHE um, teacher in a secondary school up in Leicestershire. She's, again, uh, social media. She was put in touch with us about a year ago. One of the mums of our membership said to us, look, you need to get Emma on board. She's absolutely brilliant and she'd be a brilliant fit for your for your um, workshops and your membership. So we got in touch with her and we've been working with her ever since and she's phenomenal. So she is actually, she delivers. We have a conversation in the chat box. A lot of our, a lot of our delivery is quite conversational. And then we use the, the, the chat box with the teachers. So the te- we'll be broadcast into, this, into the classroom. The teachers will then be using the chat box and we'll have we have sort of not breakout rooms, but we have sort of two or three minute timers for various questions and, um, you know, to throw some ideas around in the classroom that they then feed back into the chat box. So it is really interactive. And then we have uh, worksheets or learning resources that go along with each module. We have normally one or two that we'll use during the course of the session and then one or two that can be used afterwards. So it tends to be a full a full lesson's worth of content plus probably another half an hour. So people, I think, different schools are going to use it in different ways. Quite a few have moved things around to be able to do it live at 10 o'clock on a Friday morning. Mm -hmm. Sorry about my computer. But that will also then be recorded and each school will get the recordings by Monday to be able to then use in their own time. So if Friday at 10 o'clock doesn't work, they can still use, they can still even use the chat box function and everything as if it was live um, when when they then use it. So that's, so, and then the content is available for the whole term. So there's no pressure to, to do it in a certain time as long as it's done within the term. Um, then we, so health and wellbeing is the first one, dealing with change, self-confidence and body confidence, sleep, mindfulness and relaxation, nutrition, exercise adventure in the outdoors. And then we will also have a parents call um, in the middle of that as well. Um, if anybody Oh, that's can. interesting. So, yeah. so if you've got, I mean, you've got quite a lot of schools involved in this now, haven't you? Yes. So will there be like, I don't know, potentially hundreds of parents um on a call with you or or yes. are you just um, going to broadcast a, a video to them or is it no a we'll do that we'll do that as a webinar um a webinar conversation with a Q&A as well so we we're just we, we need to be obviously safeguarding us at the forefront of everything that we do um with the membership we have a a defined number of people and we vetted everybody so we know who everybody is so the cameras are on for our membership but for this Web, for this into schools, we're actually doing a cameras, you know, no cameras webinar format. Mm. So there's still that dialogue and interaction, but we can't see any faces. So that will be the parents call on the 8th. Um, and then we have a, obviously there's Christmas and January, and then we enter into module two, which is all about relationships. And it's about healthy friendships, kindness and positivity, connecting with others, coping with conflict and setting boundaries within healthy friendships Um, and there'll be another parents call within that so each term will do five sessions and a parents call Um, so you really are connecting um your well-being expertise i know i called you before well-being gurus um so you're connecting you as a gp and and as well-being gurus with 
teachers in the classroom with children in the classroom but also with their parents as well that's like the trilogy isn't it yeah, I mean, hopefully that you know, ho- hopefully there's something to help everybody because I think it's all very, it's all very well and good giving this message to the children, um, but I think parents parents have to be on board. They have to understand. They have to you know they often want to have that information. So we all we all the time we're in contact with our parents of the membership, and actually that's a huge part of what we do. So this is something that the the framework of this we came up with between myself and Polly and Joe Williams, who's a psychotherapist that we work with. And then Emma, who's obviously got years of experience as a PSHE tutor and is a year seven tutor. She specifically looks at that transition age. And I think this is where, this is where really, you know, we, we know that certainly in girls, self-confidence is peaking at kind of nine years old and then it's just dropping and dropping you know self-esteem's dropping and as a result children are getting very anxious very young mm. um so this is why it's the, it's a sort of full program to to connect to every little piece of that to try and you know to try and build something that they can then look back on and say right okay I'm, you know, I'm starting to feel anxiety building or I'm starting to come across a difficult situation with friendship. Let me go back to what I did in year six and let me go back to that worksheet um, and work through that again. And, you know, so is that the impact that you're you're hoping to I mean, when you think about the impact that you've had through your membership, is that the sort of impact that you're hoping to see from those that are participating in the classroom? Yes, I think I think to be able to make that journey run more smoothly and to be able to offer them a toolkit of resources that they can then use as they as they grow up over the next few years into to heading towards GCSEs and the other end of school. I think, you know, you're never going to be able to solve the particular problem at the particular time. And I've certainly found that with my own children. It's important to grab those opportunities of talking about these things before they reach a crisis point. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think I think building a toolkit, giving them resources, pointing them in the right direction and, you know, give, you know, building building those 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 lessons that are a little bit different Um you know, a little, I remember my, my daughter had a really, really empowering session with a band that had come down from Manchester and came into school and they told their story. Um, and it really, really, it really moved her. And she came home really excited um, and inspired by what they'd said. Um, and that's what we'd love to do. And it, we always say with anything we do, if we can help one person feel more confident or happier in themselves or give them an idea or something that they can put into place um which will help them then you know we'll we'll be happy with that um so we're just doing our bit to try and help combat some of this low-grade anxiety and stress that is that is building in these very young very young teens Oh, it, well, it, it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're doing an absolute wonderful, uh, wonderful job, and 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 you know, it's such great and important work. And and like you say, you know, it's not about fixing the problem or medicating or therapy. That's you know, so much work can be done to sort of um, forearm our young people and um, prepare them for those difficulties and troubles and and give them the tools like you say to to be able to support their own mental health 
yeah, absolutely. And these are these are skills we all we all need. You know, we all we. Uh, you know, I think adults need these as well, don't yeah. they? You need to have yeah. an adults uh, group. <laughs> yes, exactly, absolutely. I think we all need we all need the reminders, and you know, we all feel it. We all have bad days and bad weeks, and you know, I certainly know that when I haven't had when I haven't had any exercise, when I haven't had any fresh air, when I haven't connected with a friend when I've had my head in my phone or a computer, you know, it, it's not a good place to be. And and very quickly you feel, you know, you don't feel as good as you would do if you'd had all those things in place. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And, and we would, yeah, we would love to be a part of a journey for a young person that they look back and they say, right, you know, these were the amazing teachers that helped me along the way. But that course that I did in year six, that really gave me um, – some really good grounding um mm. and then we you know we've we've had girls that have grown with us and were with us on our first course who are now still with us on the membership and it's been a real honor to watch them grow and thrive and now they're helping um the younger ones coming into the membership so there's that oh, real sort of a bit like connor thing. then that started off yes. as a mental yeah. health ambassador and now he's sort of returning that you know to yeah. the younger the younger year groups well I mean you talking about uh, favorite teachers is going to segue really nicely <laughs> into my last question for for you and Polly um who were your favorite teachers at school and why what made them you know special well I've got the obvious the obvious teachers that I loved were actually my sports teachers at school because they they treated us as equals um and they also helped us with leadership and leadership was encouraged and I never felt like a pupil with our sports teachers but actually the the teacher that probably has been the most um uh, had the most effect on me in my adult life was actually my chemistry teacher who was not my favorite teacher he was a pretty oh he was a very good chemistry teacher but he was actually the guy that literally fell to the floor laughing when I told him that I was going to try and go to medical school um, he literally laughed at me and he said, you will <gasps> never be a scientist. And at that point, I remember thinking, right, I've, I'm going to prove you so wrong and I'm going to work so hard. And from that moment, um, I really, really knuckled down and I worked and I, you know, I worked my way up from nowhere near the top of the class to work, you know, doing okay and getting decent mocks and getting, um, you know, being able to apply and then actually I didn't get the grades and he handed me my A-level results with a very smug expression on his face. I'm not suggesting that he's like any teacher that's on this call, but this is, you know, in my, you know, it was a long time ago. And he almost sort of told me, I, you know, I told you so. And I thought to myself, no, I'm going to turn this around. And he actually inspired me to go off and do my A-levels again, which is when I learned really how to work. And I don't think I would have got through medical school if it wasn't for him and his funny way, I mean, maybe that was what he was doing. Maybe he was setting me a bit of a challenge and he knew that that would give me a... Maybe he saw that in you yeah, that, you know, this did. this is what will drive her. This is what will... Yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe he, maybe he did because actually I don't think I would be, I would have done anything like what I did do without his um, inspiration and he's and maybe he was right because I don't think I was born to be a scientist so yeah it's a, slight, it's a slightly funny one and um, you know I'd love to talk to him now and wonder and I wonder what his reasoning was but yeah he was probably the most influential on me certainly 
You'll have to um, see if you can can find him. Yeah, um, I, I keep trying to find my secondary school English teacher, um, Mrs. Bradbury, oh. if you're out there, um, because I felt the whole time that she intensely disliked me. And she probably did because I was a chatterbox and, you know, I was always more interested in everything else instead of having my head in a book. But um, I, I found her utterly inspirational and I'd love to be able to sort of go and tell her guess what oh. I'm doing right now but um she but, must she must have found you surely she'll <laughs> she'll be she'll be finding you uh, well actually my my primary school teacher who is was is my favorite teacher of all time um Mrs Verdi uh when I was working uh in the, the school I was working at just before I qualified as a teacher I was teaching her son um, cultural studies and I was sharing the class with my now husband who wasn't my husband or boyfriend or anything at the time um, and w what a weird set of coincidences that um, the class that I shared with my husband had the son of my really really important special primary school teacher and this is London as well things like that don't happen in London you know it's it, it, in small towns in the countryside maybe but um, but not in London and um, it allowed me to reconnect reconnect with her and um she's intensely proud of what i'm doing now and um i'm gonna have to get her on i think one evening yeah for, you on should for a chit chat you should but, well um, I, yeah you're brilliant i love what you're doing and i and a, a big shout out to all of you teachers out there i think you're doing an amazing job Oh, well, we all really appreciate it. And, and we're really grateful to um, organisations like yours and Connors that are, you know, reaching into the classroom to try and help us out because, blimey, it's a tough gig. Um, I'm rather glad to be doing it from the comfort of my, my desk at home than being back in the classroom. But another story for another day. Um, Joe and Polly, thank you so, so very much for, for, for joining me this evening. And um, thank you to everybody that has listened in to the show this evening. Um, I've really enjoyed talking about uh, young people's mental health and the anxieties that they're experiencing. And um, hopefully showing some of you teachers out there and other people that are listening in that there are lots of fantastic resources out there that are available to you that are free some are not free but they're all very worthwhile um and available should you need them uh right so this is pretty much the end of the show now where are we at yes it's the end of the show blimey goodness i think i need to go and have a cup of tea uh so i will be back in two weeks time with uh the late show once again and it will be that halloween week in half term so i will be having a halloween special um, I've got some quite spooky treats up my sleeve. I'll be talking uh, some human interest stories that bring together both um, spooky, scary things like spiders in schools um, with those uh, stories of teachers and schools and classroom, bringing it all together and tying it up with a big spooky black satin bow. So... Uh, please do join the conversation. You can um, tweet me. You can um, find me all over social media. And I will be sharing about what uh, Spark UK are doing. And I'll also be sharing what the how people are doing as well, if you wanted to get in touch with them about uh, their programme that they're offering. But this is the very end. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a lovely evening. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.